0: Thank you.
1: For today's podcast episode, we have invited Mr. Rahul Myra, the channel manager of Turnkey Lender based in Singapore. He will share with us his valuable experience on the Digital Lending Portal initiatives, as well as the stellar features of the Turnkey Lender Platform. Thank you for listening to Circle and welcome to our podcast. Digital Lending Platform Market is expected to gain market growth in the forecast period of 2020 to 2027. Data Bridge Market Research Analysis indicated that the market is growing with A compound annual growth rate, or CAGR, of 18.9% in the forecast period of 2019 to 2027 and expected to reach an estimated $16 U.S. billion by 2027. An increasing trend of digital banking is a driving factor for the market growth. Growing Digitalization in Banking Industry For Faster and Hassle-Free Banking Activities Seek Need for Lending Solutions and Platforms With Introduction of Digital Lending Platforms and BFSI Industry Loan Origination and Management It's less time-consuming and is easy-to-go process Digital Lending Platform is helping BFSI to get digitalized rapidly and digitalization of this particular sector is allowing Digital Lending Platform Market to grow at a very high rate. Global Digital Lending Platform Market is segmented on the basis of the following Component Deployment Model Loan Amount Size, Subscription Type, Loan Type, and Vertical. The growth among segments helped us analyze niche pockets of growth and strategies to approach the market and determine our core application areas and the difference in different target markets. On the basis of component, the digital lending platform is segmented into solutions and services. Solutions dominates component due to its high initial cost. On the other hand, services incur low cost expenditure on occasional basis. On the basis of deployment model, The digital lending platform market is segmented into cloud and on-premises. On-premises, it holds largest market share in the deployment model segment as large enterprises opt for an on-premise installation. However, cloud is also growing at a very high rate due to specification-based costing. On the basis of loan amount size the digital lending platform market is segmented into less than $7,000 as well as $7,001 to $20,000 and also more than $20,000. Loan amount size segment is dominated by less than $7,000 category as people prefer low amount of loan through digital lending platforms. However, due to increasing assurance of these platforms, the $7,000 to $20,000 category is uh, growing at a higher compound annual growth rate. On the basis of subscription type, the digital lending platform market is segmented into free and paid subscription. This particular type segment is dominated by free subscription as small enterprises opt for free services for cost-cutting. On the other hand, with rapidly growing market For digital lending platforms, paid subscriptions are being adopted by lenders. On the basis of loan type. the digital lending platform market is segmented into the following. Automotive loan, SME finance loan, personal loan, as well as home or housing loan consumer durable, and others. The automotive loan holds largest market share in the loan type segment, as most of the people buying vehicle opt for automotive loan than buying a vehicle in one go. On the basis of vertical, the digital lending platform market is segmented into the following Banking Financial Services Insurance Companies as well as P2P Lenders or Peer-to-Peer Lenders Credit Unions Savings and Loan Associations Banking dominates vertical segments as solutions such as Loan Origination and loan management which are major applications of digital lending platforms are usually completed through banks or financial institutions considering they have better offered services North America dominates the digital lending platform market as in the US and the major players on this particular location are the following FIS or formerly Sunguard as well as Pfizer Incorporated the developer of ICBS and they also offer various lending solutions in single platform in the region. The US and Canada are early adapters of this technology which allows dominance in lending platform market for the North America region. The UK or United Kingdom is leading the growth in the European market due to high demand for loan originations in the country, while China is dominating the Asia-Pacific market due to the increasing number of uh, banks in the region data points such as new sales, as well as replacement sales, country demographics, regulatory acts, and import and export tariffs are some of the major pointers used to forecast the market scenarios for individual countries. Also, presence and availability of global brands and their challenges due to large or scarce competition from local and domestic brands like impact of sales channels are considered while providing forecast analysis of the country data so as you can see there is a rising demand of the digital lending platform but we need to do some due diligence which covers the detailed market analysis for every country growth in industry, together with sales, component sales, impact of uh, technological development in digital lending platform, as well as changes in the regulatory scenarios with their support for the digital lending platform market. The data that has been reviewed is based on the historic period from 2010 to 2018. The major players covered in the digital lending platform market are the following. These are the most prominent ones. We have Finastra, which is formerly Mises, Fiserv Incorporated, Newgen Software Technologies Limited, Nucleus Software Export Limited, Intellect Design Arena Limited, Sigma Info Solutions. FIS or formerly Pega Systems Incorporated. Savant. Abrigo. Rustify. Decimal Technologies. First American Financial Corporation. Mambu. CU Direct. Build Technologies. Jack Henry and Associates Incorporated, LMA Incorporated, DocuSign Incorporated, and Turnkey Lender, among others. Many product developments are also initiated by the companies worldwide, which are also accelerating the growth of the digital lending platform market. For instance. In May 2020, Finastra launched Fusion Credit Connect Solution, which will be provided on Finastra's Fusionfabric.cloud and Salesforce App Exchange to aid the corporate banks for reinvision of communication between them and borrowers. The solution offers better customer experience which will aid in boosting the market share of the company. In May 2020, FIS launched Automatic Portal integrated by FIS Real-Time Lending Platform which streamlines and automates the PPP Loan Forgiveness process for small businesses. The new portal will enhance the customer base of the company. Partnership, joint ventures and other strategies enhances the company market share with increased coverage and presence also provides the benefit for organization to improve their offering for digital lending platform through expanded range of sizes in today's podcast episode we have invited mr rahul myra the channel manager of turnkey lender based in singapore and he will share with us his valuable insights on the significant importance of digital lending portal as well as the remarkable features of the turnkey lender platform we're so glad to have you rahul and welcome to Circle.
2: thanks a lot edgar uh, really appreciate this and and uh, looking forward to our chat
1: let's probably start by giving our podcast listening audience a brief introduction on what Turnkey Lender offers, as well as what inspires its founders to start this exceptional digital initiative.
2: Yeah, th- th- thanks for that. I think uh, you know, it all began in 2014 uh, with a vision to evangelize uh, you know, fundamentally new e-lending approaches uh, through our platform, which we call the Unified Lending Management Platform. And, uh, you know, if, if, if you look at what's happening now, it's companies of all different types of sizes, uh, from large banks to payment companies to uh, e-commerce companies. Uh, everyone is uh, capable of unique sets of data that they have and being able to offer new products, new solutions to their uh, customer base. And that's where Turnkey Lender kind of, you know, came in and decided that, you know, to upend the whole lending model and say, you know, classical lending approaches by large banks, but how about co-lending models? How about P2P lending models? And then we kind of built this uh, platform where uh, anyone uh, can just turn the key and start their lending operations, uh, you know, immediately and uh, get the benefit of the ecosystems that they're trying to build uh, and where the customers are and create this, uh, approach towards embedded lending, you know, uh, and getting back to the customers. So that's what we do at Turnkey Lender. We provide awesome technology for institutions that would like to lend money to their customer base and make that seamless and, and democratize lending in a way for both the borrower as well as the lender.
1: What is your regional insights on the economic relevance of digital lending? And how will we be able to maintain its uh, sustainability?
2: Yeah, I think that's an interesting question. Uh, And especially if you look at what's happening now, interest rates are at their lowest. So fundamentally, it's probably the best time to borrow money. Uh, But at the same time, uh, for lenders to be able to lend money, it's very difficult because they don't have the right data points. uh, And anything that was historically available to them based on the current market trends and volatility is potentially not, uh, uh, you know, uh, to the mark and they can't just go ahead and lend. Hence, they need to look at different data models. They need to look at um, newer ways of approaching data and how you make uh, decisions uh, to approve a borrow. I'll take a simple example of a small store on the side streets of Indonesia or Philippines, right? Uh, How do you Assess that business. Uh, you know, potentially the you know one way to do it is psychometric scoring. The other way to do it is by looking at how much inventory they're buying and uh, building a digital map around that. So I think it's it's getting more and more relevant to have a digital footprint for any business. And uh, you know, you look at the likes of Square in the U.S., who've been lending, PayPal, who've been lending, and, and they have some unique sets of data. Even uh, you know uh, e-commerce companies uh, in in Southeast Asia are offering uh, merchant advances to their uh, merchants that are you know selling various solutions online. Amazon uh, also lent a lot of money to their merchants. These are not banks; these are what what we call the fang, and uh, they're doing significant amount of uh, lending uh, today. So I think uh, just from an economic uh, relevance. Every business needs to have a digital footprint that can enable them for uh, better products and, and uh, a better viewing. Uh, if it's not from a bank, then it's from a uh, you know a non-banking financial institution that can get them their loan or their working capital asap as when they need it.
1: What are the challenges and opportunities that you have observed under the digital lending of today and? How do you proceed in the next few years? Uh,
2: so I think uh, it, it depends. Uh, if you look at across the globe, I think um, you know you, you have very interesting models like Square, PayPal in the U.S. Uh, and then you have you know they they're kind of branching out over here in in the East as well. Uh, and if you look at China, then you have uh, you know kind of the three to one uh, lending uh, that's 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 going on. I think that the key challenge is um, how do you, one, uh, build that digital uh, footprint or or aggregate that footprint? Uh, The second would be definitely around uh, uh, data and privacy, uh, which becomes key um, when when you have someone like an accounting uh, system uh, that can also assess uh, your financial standing and then uh, position that data to uh, a third party to give you money. You need to have consent and manage that equation well. Um, so yeah, I think those those are a f- few challenges, or rather opportunities also to quite an extent. And I think the the way the industry will will potentially pan out is you will see a lot more seamless, uh, embedded um, lending. Uh, you know that that's just you know when you go to a checkout counter. You see a buy now, pay later option, right? You don't. It's not necessarily a, a, a loan, but it's an installment package at zero percent interest. So it, it's just going to seamlessly be part of, uh, you know, uh, the lifestyle uh, of consumers. That's how it's going to evolve.
1: What differentiates Turnkey Lender compared
2: to your adversaries? I think uh, it, that, that's an interesting question. For turnkey lender, we are uh, always and fundamentally have always been of the uh, opinion that uh, we will never go into lending. So that's one. Second, we are uh, a, a platform that does not write any line of code. So we are uh, you know quite advanced from that standpoint for any lender. And third, I think, for non-banking financial institutions, we bring that uh, bank grade stability. And then for uh, you know, larger you know, historical traditional lenders uh, that have existed uh, for, for a long time, we bring that edge uh, of being closer to your borrower, being more customer centric. So we're really sitting in a, in a, in a nice uh, niche uh, where we bring uh, the, the best of both worlds together. And uh, you know, enable that for our customers. And we are we are one of uh, I would say uh, uh, the models or the way our customers use our platform is so unique that, that you can actually configure. Um, uh, if someone had to do a repayment of a loan, uh, they could do it uh, from a seasonality perspective as well. So there's a lot of uh, you know flexibility on the platform and you can really start small and really become big on the platform. So that's that's what I think uh, differentiates and needless to say, it's always the people. So <laughs> I think we're a great team uh, and, and that's the, that's the biggest factor for us.
1: I'm very much impressed with the no code methodology as the fundamental feature of the platform. As such, what are the advantages and limitations if there's any? Of having this particular approach.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's uh, that's a really interesting one. So uh, we looked at uh, you know the entire ecosystem, and you know a, a lot of solutions are hard coded and that, that leads to a lot of technical debt, right? People leave, then you need to you know write code over code, um, you know manage those bugs, and and we realized that. It needs to be more visual it needs to be graphical and it needs to not uh, have uh, you know so much uh, debt from a technical perspective being built on top right so then in three years from now then you're going to change your system In five years from now this is this is exactly what's happening in the industry every three to five years it contracts and then you know expands so what we decided to do was how about we build a platform where you can configure this workflow as the solution that you need to your business uh, and, and make that happen. While um, if you notice uh, the, the platform, because it's no code, you do not need someone who is like a, a, a super duper coder. Uh, you need a business analyst to be configuring that. And I think the the, the fact that a large institution can uh, fully utilize the platform, train its own people, and not be dependent on a third-party technology uh, provider uh, to go and and make change requests on a regular basis uh, plays a huge role in uh, how our customers see us as well. Because they can fully uh, take control of uh, every aspect of the system and make those changes without going back to the the technology provider, in in this case, Turnkey Lender, um, and say that, hey, I need to make these changes now, right? So it, it gives tremendous amount of flexibility. Um, but at the same time, if let's say they don't have that um, technical know-how in built within the organization, then it becomes uh, easier for them to depend on Turnkey Lender, because we're also not writing line after the line of code. We just also configuring the platform on a drag and drop visual platform, so they can always use our experts for it too, and all get trained fully on the platform.
1: What credit score and pricing capability that the Turnkey Lender platform provides?
2: So that's an interesting question. Um, we we look at this uh, in a in a slightly different fashion. Um, each lender has a unique credit policy and a unique credit approach. especially as it gets more and more embedded, right? When you have transaction data available from payments company, when you have bills, payment information available, or you have, um, you know, merchandise sale data available from an e-commerce uh, company, it, it becomes very different. So it's a, I would say what we end up doing is we look at the data points that the lender or the credit institution has. Um, and then we enhance that by recommending what other points they could use in terms of parameters for their credit decisioning. And then uh, you know incorporate that into their pricing strategy, uh, depending on the risk uh, that they're willing to bear at the time. And you know, this is all done on the turnkey lender platform, which is no code. So you can imagine just setting up rules and logic that would allow for uh, these automations to take place, become fairly simple, um, and, and allow for a fairly, fairly swift go-to-market approach uh, with your credit score, uh, with your pricing strategy, um, and really getting to the borrower really, really fast.
1: How does the platform monitor and mitigate NPL or non-performing loans?
2: Yeah. So uh, as I mentioned in the previous one, right, like when you look at the credit score and you look at the parameters that are available beyond that um, we are looking at uh, constant reports uh, that are uh, pushed towards the, the, you know, risk officers of the business or the the chief risk officer, which, which identify the uh, exposure of the business. And because your whole platform is connected from all the way from the application stage, all the way to the collections, the amount of smart triggers that are set within the system to draw more data on the behavior of your customer base becomes very easy. So when you're doing a portfolio overview, you also connect the application stage all the way to collection. So the data points you're capturing is a lot more and that allows for uh, a better overall uh, performance of your portfolio because you're one, you're uh, judging the borrower in a better fashion. So historically, if you're approving bad customers, then you're not today. And at the same time, if you were you know, kind of approving uh, or rejecting good customers that you necessarily you know, could not score are now getting added to that pool. So it, it becomes a, a, a much better uh, capability because you're unifying your entire system uh, into one platform. Uh, for that particular credit product. And then we have our own advanced risk capabilities uh, or our, our R&D department that can come in and really support the team uh, in terms of data science and and bringing those parameters, ownership of those scoring models, the data sets and guide our customers through uh, what their credit policies can look like.
1: In terms of integration through core banking, what are the hurdles you have encountered, and how did your group manage to overcome it? Moreover, what are the relevant takeaways from these experiences?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's especially in the space that we're in. Uh, it's it's always a, a you know big question or a big ask that you know how how do we deal with code banking solutions? Uh, sometimes legacy systems, sometimes new kind of cloud native systems that are that are now getting more popular so i think the you know if i if i look at the the key key to that is we have built our own uh, api engine and when i say we've built our own api engine uh, it, you know it it allows for an easy uh, exposure of the system uh, from our end or an easy consumption of data from another system but if you look at the 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 key I think, um, hurdles that that come about. You know, the the main is, uh, how do you exchange the information? Uh, And in what period do we want to do that? How do we want to transmit that data? How do we want to format it? You know, it's a different uh, organization that we're dealing with. How do they approach it? A lot of times, uh, you know, different uh, solutions may have uh, uh, hurdles to overcome uh, in terms of, more costs coming in like you know that you were not aware of an integration license right uh, and then now you need to first deal with the commercial aspect before even going to the operational aspect and, and vice versa so it's, a, it's about really how do two systems talk um uh you know once you're over that hurdle of the the commercial aspect of it and then you know i'm being very pragmatic about it but most of the time is spent in in people getting to know each other and and uh, aligning on expectations, meetings, emails, and and most importantly, documentation of of what actually was delivered. So I think there are definitely specific methods and and there are definitely tools that we have put in place uh, that allow us uh, to really save time. And that's a big plus for our customers because they want to get done with it as fast as possible so that they can go and, you know, uh, really get to the actual business that that they want to run so i think the the key takeaway uh, from these experiences is to have the right expectations set from the start um and be able to uh, manage a clear line of communication sometimes that communication can drop and you don't want you don't want to be in that place so you know it, it, it it's still about uh, people, um, it's still about uh, making sure that the expectations are set right.
1: What works effectively well and thinks that we can still improve further on digital lending activities during the COVID-19 pandemic situation?
2: Yeah, I think uh, what works, uh, if you look at the, uh, the, the COVID situation specifically, uh, one thing was clear when it all started late, early last year was that there was a contraction. There was an immediate sense of fear that oh my god, like what's going to happen? And uh, you know that was just the the nature of the landscape, right? You're you're expecting your NPL to go up. Uh, you're expecting you want to reduce your cost because you don't know what the future holds, and it was very very uncertain time and uh, i think uh, there were two ways people looked at it one uh, which was i need to really control my exposure reduce my costs and ensure that i can survive and that was you know um, pragmatic uh, and, and and much needed at the time when covid hit and i think the second school of thought uh, And I would say this is also with organizations that were innovative at at one uh, strain and at another strain were really thinking about the long term that, you know, when we go over the COVID, uh, you know, hurdle, we will definitely be uh, at a better state. So how do we prepare for it? And I think that's where you're seeing a lot of digital lending activity go into the embedded era where you are seeing so many organizations trying to uh, especially government institutions trying to set up uh, all these grant systems in place or enabling the stimulus packages going into the market so there is the effort to do that and then you have digital lending activities that are happening via the lender um, as well as uh, by uh, you know various other types of organizations like e-commerce companies or payment companies, companies that have a certain ecosystem that they have built that is now delivering a very unique data set to them. And they believe that they could guarantee the repayment of those loans because they know that these businesses are doing well because of that data, which was never available uh, to a bank prior to this or to a larger lending institution. So I think that is something that's really come out of this to say that you know, the digital footprint is getting more and more important. Um, and to further improve on this, I definitely think banks need to partner more with fintechs to really understand that, that uh, you know, uh, uh, occurrence, uh, which, is, which is a very unique place we are at today. And you know, we'll see a lot more cohesive action uh, between larger institutions and these innovative new organizations that are trying to do things differently.
1: How do Third Key Lender manages the external sources of data to keep the platform analytics up to date and accurate?
2: Yeah, that so, um, When you look at Turnkey Lender um, and you you look at all these different data sources that are available in different markets, we primarily connect to these systems using our API engine. And uh, we add those those sets of data, even if they're internal sets of data, right? From an Excel file to kind of uh, existing customer data uh, in, 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 in a core banking system or it's a third party you know, kind of a a scoring system or a credit bureau. We will centralize all these data sets and we will add them uh, to the credit decisioning process. And when we do that, it it really allows for the the platform to take in that analytics under the hood and really like shine it out to a risk manager in terms of, uh, you know, how you can review a bond. How who who is a a good customer that you need to focus on in terms of repayment, and how do you do that? What kind of touch points do you want to use? So all of those analytics are are pretty much running under the hood. Uh, so you know it's like if you have a uh, if you have a really nice uh, Ferrari, uh, you know the Ferrari goes fast, and and you're sitting in the in the driver's seat, but there's a lot happening inside uh, in the engine. And that's where the turnkey and platform is, is constantly running and ensuring that, uh, uh, you know, you, you get the best performance <laughs> for your portfolio.
1: Given your wealth of experience on this particular field, what advice would you give the financial institutions or lending organizations presently engaged in this type of uh, digital initiative?
2: Yeah. I think that's a that's an interesting one, um, and you know we speak to a lot of organizations on a regular basis that are very uh, you know uh, consciously making that uh, choice to be digital, and it's you know not just uh, the conversation has matured to quite a great extent. I think uh, I I will say something simple, but uh, you know I think it it really really helps and. A lot of organizations, as they, you know, dive into this conversation of, oh, we need to be digital, we need to be digital first. The first and foremost thing that I would recommend any organization that's going into that space is to really, uh, as simple as it sounds, draw out what you need, make that process and and draw it out, like, you know, uh, put it on a whiteboard, draw it out, take a photo, and then have a conversation so that you're mapping out and you're using that uh, process flow as your basis of your conversation. Because as you start penning it down, you really get into the nooks and crannies of what you really, really want to automate and what you really want to digitize and potentially what you can. Because a lot of times there are certain areas that you, you want to keep manual checks on as well. Um, and there are certain cases, if you draw it out, right, you could potentially be, you know, kind of digitizing about 95% of your business, uh, which would be awesome. And I think, uh, don't, uh, you know, kind of, it's, it's, a, if it's a huge elephant, uh, then, you know, kind of lead with it, uh, from looking at, taking at small pieces and building that jigsaw puzzle rather than saying, I'm going to do everything in one go, uh, because that will just lead to a a halt and you want to start somewhere. So figure out that niche that you want to start with and then work with your technology provider to, uh, I wouldn't say build an MVP, which is quite a common term like minimum viable product, but I would say build something simple, lovable and complete. So build an SLC, and map that out with your technology provider. Be open about it, right? This is what you need. So just uh, share that and uh, hopefully you'll get all the help you need from your technology provider.
1: Apart from the digital lending initiatives that you're working on, what are the other activities that you are currently preoccupied with that you would like to share with our podcast listening audience? And what are the most logical way of, Reaching out or contacting you.
2: Awesome. So uh, we typically do uh, LinkedIn Live on our uh, LinkedIn page. So if you can just search for Turnkey Lender uh, the, on LinkedIn, you'll be able to see that. Um, we do that every week. Uh, you know, just as a uh, thought leadership uh, session. And if you if you would like to reach us, uh, you know, you can just reach us at sales at turnkey-lender.com um, And yeah, that's that's the easiest way Or just go to the website www.turnkey-lender.com And, and uh, I'm sure you'll be supported.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much as this is very informative indeed. And with that, we'd like to Sincerely uh, thank Mr. Rahul Myra for sharing us his valuable insights on digital lending as well as the outstanding features of turnkey lending platform. All the best to you and turnkey lending and more successful digital initiatives in the future.
2: Right, thanks a lot Edgar. Hopefully, uh, you know, the the audience also appreciate this chat. Um, And yeah, thank you.
1: views and perspective on the Digital Lending Portal, as well as the extraordinary features of Turnkey Lender Platform. We would like to hear from you, share us your thoughts regarding our topics, and send us a message the Anchor Voice message box. Your message could end up on our future podcast episode. Make sure you never miss any episodes of Circle by clicking the subscribe button or follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker. Radio Public Pocket Cast Overcast Apple Podcast Audible Amazon Podcast and Anchor.fm This concludes our podcast episode today. Thanks for listening on Thin Circle. This is Ed Angelus. Let's catch up again soon.